Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the Bibles while the ushers serve you. Go ahead and turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. And uh, we're going to be actually in Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3 this morning as I preach to you um, our series, continuing our series, Alphas. And we're talking about being that dominant force uh, in your world, how to be that dominant force in your world, how to walk in the authority and the power of Jesus Christ. And last week I started a message that I was not able to get through. And today I'm going to pick that up and finish it. Last week we talked about that each one of us are positioned to prosper. That everything that we need for success resides in the environment in which we are currently living. That God has put all the pieces together for you to have a successful and productive life. That you are blessed by God and then you are placed and the realm of operation that He has designed for you. You are blessed, you are prepared, you are equipped, you are given the resources you need, and then God puts you strategically in a place where you can make an impact on the lives around you. I want you to have the attitude. I want you to be of the mindset. I want you to go where you go with the with the charisma that when I walk into a place, I own this place. I walk in as a child of God. I walk as an envoy of the Holy Spirit and I I step into this place not just in my own might, but in the might and the power of Jesus Christ. I'm able to do exceedingly and abundantly and above all that I can ever think or imagine because of the power that works in me. That's what I want you to have this morning. That's what the Lord wants you to have. And so God has prepared you and He has prepared a place for you. We talked about order last week. We talked about how God brings forth out of order. That He wants us to establish order in our life. And out of that order, He brings prosperity and promise. And so we need to understand that so that we can prepare the the fields so that they can produce good things for us. I talked to you about also source progression. That out of God came Adam. Out of Adam came Eve. And out of Eve came the family. And out of the family comes the building blocks of civilization. God put forth a very established and specific order so that it would produce. And the enemy's plan is to disrupt that order. It is to get between you and your wife. It is to get between you and your children. It is to get between you and God. It is to get between those areas and disrupt the flow of God's plan and purpose for you. And so God wants to release to us all the things that he wants to give us to be successful but he has to be at the top of that order because he is the ultimate source for all of those things and so I want you to help me pray this morning as I continue the message don't take the bait father I thank you Lord for your spirit and your power I thank you for an anointing to preach in this place God I believe that you are here to do things that would blow our minds, God, if we could just see into the spiritual realm for just a few moments. God, I believe that you have prepared some great things for us today and that, Lord, we're going to leave this place changed, different, equipped, and empowered to do exactly what you've called us to do. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Genesis, I won't read them all to you just for time's sake this morning, but as we look back at some of the scriptures that we covered last week, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, God takes Adam, he says, I'm going to make him in our image, and he says, I want him to have dominion, and and I'm going to give them dominion over the entirety of the earth. And then in verse 28, he comes along and he says, God bless them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And then we see in verse 29, he says, look, I have given you, I have equipped you, I have prepared you, I have made you to be enough in the situation that you currently live in. God blessed Adam and he puts him in the garden. He blesses him and places him. We see Adam now is equipped and he's been given a designated space in which to operate. He's been given clear boundaries in which to operate. With those boundaries also comes limitations. Adam understands that. He knows that. But Adam also understands that he is set up to prosper and succeed. Adam has dominion over his environment. And he has been equipped in every way to maintain and hold that dominion. He is the alpha of his world. My next point that I want to bring to you this morning as we get into the second part of this message is that the enemy can't take from you, he can only trade with you. The enemy cannot take anything from you, he can only trade with you. He can only come in and try to convince you to surrender things that you currently uh, operate in a level of dominion over, operate in a level of authority over. He can only come in and try to convince you to surrender those things to you. He can't just waltz into your life and take things from you. He cannot take authority from you. He must convince you to surrender it. Now the enemy, we have to understand the way he operates because that helps us to overcome his temptations and and challenges and the things that that come against us in life. He can only usurp authority by getting you to surrender that authority to Him. He has to have you freely hand it to Him. Jesus, if you'll remember in the gospel, Jesus said to His disciples, He said, see, I have given you the keys of the kingdom. God has given you power. He's given you authority as His child as his son or his daughter. And it is you that has to choose to surrender control, power, and authority that God has given you over to the enemy. The enemy is a crafty, subtle operator. Manipulation, deception, these things are his tools. That's how he operates. His only true power today is the power of persuasion. He really has no power over your life other than the power of persuasion. But it is you that becomes his mechanism of delivery for any authority that he receives. And it is only through you. You must hand it to him. I would say to you this morning that when it comes to the enemy and his operation, the way that he works, as a, and as we think of ourselves as that mechanism of delivery, that we are either delivering chaos into our world or we are delivering order into our world. We are choosing 
to go by his directions and his persuasive argument. We're choosing to listen to his lies. And through that, we become the mechanism of delivery. If he puts fear in front of us and we respond to that fear, it is really us that is bringing those things into our environment. It is us that is disrupting the flow of life. It is us that is really messing. All he's done is convince us to do it. All he's done is present before us an idea that we have captured. And we're going to look at that deeper this morning. But I want you to think about this. Have you ever noticed that there are some folks that just can't help but sabotage their own success? Anybody know anybody? Amen. Some folks that just cannot help but sabotage their success. Every time they start to get some order to their life. Every time they start to make some decisions, they start to make some strides in the right direction. They allow the enemy's persuasive tongue to come in and convince them to allow some other things to enter into their life and they disrupt everything that they have worked diligently to put into place. I've seen it over and over again in church. People come in, they get their lives right, things are going good for them. They won't argue with you that the fact things are better for them now that God has come in and helped them to establish some things in life. They are straightening up their home life. They're straightening up their personal life. They're straightening up all these areas. And then the enemy comes along and he starts trying to entice them out of the place, out of the boundaries and out of the limitations, out of the, out of the garden that God has established for them. And if he can get them to cross the line and take the bait then he gets them to become that mechanism that introduces confusion and chaos into an otherwise ordered existence. All the time we see it around us. Humanity has to forfeit what the enemy gains or he cannot get it. You have to forfeit what the enemy gets in your life or he cannot get it. I want you to understand today, and I say this often to you, but I, I just feel like it, gets, it needs to get deep inside of us. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. You are at an untouchable place with God. God, the enemy cannot touch you there. He cannot affect your life there. He cannot create trouble for you there. You are secured. You are established. You are in a safe place. All He can do is stand out on the periphery of that place with his bag of tricks and beckon you to step away from Christ. Beckon you to come away from that safe place. Beckon you to forfeit and surrender the things that God has given you and try to talk you over into a realm that you're not designed to live in. Don't take the bait. Don't let him trip you up that way. Don't let him... Trick you into forfeiting what God has given you. Now go with me to Genesis chapter 2. Verse 16. What we see so far is that God has established the garden. He has put boundaries there in this garden in the form of rivers on all four sides. He has made a place for Adam to live. 
He gives Adam this place to flourish. And then he says in verse 16, he puts one more limitation in place. Look at it with me. Verse 16, it says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Now I don't know if you're like me, but I have often thought many times, still to this day think about it quite often, why would God put that tree in that garden? Why would God put this stumbling block, this seeming, seemingly stumbling block in front of Adam that is just something that he can trip up over? To me, it almost seems like, can I just be honest with you, it almost seems like temptation. It almost seems like God is a party to Adam's demise. But I would say to you, as I've thought about it and I've prayed about it and I've dwelt on it, I think that what the tree says, the tree is there in the garden. It is to remind us that although we are the authority in our world, we are not the, the, and we are the dominant force in our world, we are still not supreme in our world. That still... Even though God has given me this place to operate and this place to flourish, this place that I have been made for, equipped for, given everything to operate in this place, I am still not supreme. There is still one that is greater than me. There is still one that I have to look to. There is still one that I have to turn to. There is still one that I have to go to. No, God didn't put the the tree in the garden to be a stumbling block to Adam. He didn't put the tree in the garden so that Adam would get tripped up over his life and and fall prey to, to what seems like temptation. God put the tree in the garden so he would recognize and know I'm not the final authority. I'm not the end all. There's one that's greater than me. There's one that's above me and I still have to go to him if I want what I need for my life. It's there to say that there is one greater. It's there to remind us that there is one that we answer to. There is one who is really calling the shots. There is one who is my source. And from Him all things emanate. There is a God this morning and I am not Him. There is a God and I am not Him. Now let me make that practical for you this morning. When I can't get my kids to do what what they're supposed to do, and I can't get them to respond to, to Jesus Christ or, or, you know, those of you that have kids that are away from the Lord. When you can't get them to come to Christ Jesus, there comes a point when you have to realize you were never designed to be their Savior in the first place. There's one that's greater. It's not you. You're not the Christ. You didn't die for them. You didn't give your life for them. And there comes a point when you just have to say, this is bigger than me. This is greater than me. I'm still the one that's ruling my my world. But God, I need you to give me the strength to do it the right way. 
when my marriage is falling apart and I can't fix it on my own. That doesn't mean I need to become an enabler. It doesn't mean I need to become a codependent. It doesn't mean that I need to start giving in to every little demand and every little thing that comes along. What it does mean is I might need to look beyond myself. I might need to look beyond my wife. I might need to look to one that is greater than me. The tree is a reminder that there is somebody that is greater that I answer to. That I'm not the one that just gets to call all the shots and make all the decisions. And just hope that God will come alongside me and bless those. But there is a source that I go to before I operate in the realm that God has given me. The limitation reminds me that there is a God and I'm not Him and that He is this source of authority and dominion. The limitation reminds me that I need Him and apart from Him, I am an utter failure. It is the nature of a mankind to try to find sources outside of God. It is, it is really the nature of mankind to become ultimately His own source and to not need a God. The tree says that he is God and I am not. I am what I am because he is what he is. And no other reason. The enemy is a usurper. He is a manipulator. He is going to take what is meant as a sign of God's authority and supremacy and he is going to get you looking at it in a different way. He wants you to see limitation without liberation. He wants you to see limitation without liberation. He wants you to see limitation as a bondage. Not as a support structure to bring you into true freedom. But I'm telling you this morning that God's limitation in your life has been given so that you can have the fullest freedom within a God-planned, God-prepared, God-planted arena of dominion. The enemy wants to disrupt the flow. He's trying to get you to interrupt the progression uh, from Jesus Christ. He is the only, his only way of dominion is to insert himself, himself in that flow and to intercept what God is coming your way. Don't give him anything this morning. Don't give him an, an inch. Don't give him a place. Don't give him even a moment of your time this morning. Now turn with me to Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more cunning, verse 1, than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now my next point is this, Beware of propaganda. Amen. <laughs> it's not just in the passage, it's, it's, in, it's on the TV screen. Beware of propaganda. The enemy is a master at propaganda. Propaganda is painting a false narrative. It holds enough truth to make it possible to accept, but it is laced with deception. He says to Eve, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? It's like this. I'm not sure, Eve, you heard that right. I think what God really meant to say was... This. I'm pretty sure he just doesn't want you to have that. What he's trying to do is keep some things from you. What is he trying to keep 
from you. He's sowing discord. He's disrupting the flow of God's order. He's stepping between her and her husband. He's stepping between her and her God. He's positioning himself. Because his only way of gaining position is to get you to surrender yours. Verse 2 says, And the woman said to the servant, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. The nature of propaganda is such that even when you know the truth, it still causes you to wonder. No enemy, actually what God said was, but now you have me wondering. Now you have me questioning. Now you have me curious. What was God's motive in that command? You have me questioning God's motives, God's intention. Notice that the emphasis has kind of changed here. That in the beginning... The emphasis when God says to Adam, he says, of all the trees of the garden you may freely eat, but of this one don't don't mess with it. And then the enemy comes to Eve. He presents this idea, this propaganda lie. And then when she responds back with the words of the Lord, she says, well, God said we could eat of the trees, but he did say we weren't allowed to eat of this tree. The emphasis has changed. In the beginning, the emphasis was, you can eat of any tree you want except for this one. Eve says, we can eat of those trees, but we can't eat of this one. She shifted. Now she's not focused on what she can do. She's focusing on what she can't do. And now the enemy has her right where he wants her. Look what you're missing out. Look what's happening to you. Look what God's trying to keep you from. Look how the, how the Lord, how the Lord is messing with you. How the Lord is disrupting your life. What are you missing out on? Because you're not getting to eat of this tree. Forget about all those boring trees. Look at this one. Propaganda. He's building this idea. But here's the, here's the thing. You didn't hear wrong. You didn't misunderstand. The thing God told you in the beginning has not changed. God's plans for your life are still His plans for your life. God's dreams for your life are still God's dreams for your life. The only chance the enemy has to derail you from those dreams is to get you to forfeit them and surrender them to Him. And he's trying to convince you this morning that you've been duped by God. That He has the real answer. It's all about getting you to question God's goodness, His motives, His timing, His end game. If He can just get you traveling down the road of questioning God, then you're primed to believe the big lie. But don't take the bait this morning. Propaganda is always designed to move you off your foundation. It's always designed to get you to pivot your position just a little bit. It's to get you off of the solid rock of God's Word and to get you on some shifting sand. When He gets you on the shifting sand, He has the power to manipulate and control you and push you in the direction that He wants to push you in. Verse 4. Then the serpent said to the woman, You shall not die. 
You notice he says previously, surely you're not going to die. And then he comes back. When he sees her shift her position, when he sees her begin to toggle between the truth of God's word and the propaganda lie that he's placed before her, then he moves in for the kill. You will not surely die. I'm telling you, not going to happen. For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. I'm getting you to a place, Eve, where you don't have to answer to Him anymore. I'm getting you to a place where you don't have to operate under His authority anymore. I'm trying to help you to become your own authority in your own life and do things your own way. You only answer to yourself. I'm your friend. I'm your help. I'm your... He's a liar. He's a liar. Here's the real deal. God, he says to Eve, God is keeping you down. God is stifling you. This Christianity thing is really limiting your life. It's putting a real damper on your social life. It's affecting you in a negative way. Verse 6 says, When the woman saw that it was good for her to eat, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. The last point I want to make to you this morning is that we have to refuse to embrace the false image created by the enemy. When she saw, the word says, when she started to see things like the enemy was presenting them, then she was in trouble. Then she had stumbled off into the pit that became her life. She had walked past the boundaries, past the limitations, and he had enticed her past the point where she had any dominion, any authority, and what she did have, she surrendered it fully over to him. When she started to see the picture painted by the enemy, when she bought into the image created by the enemy, when she had created her own image in her mind of what her life would be like, then she ate. He convinced her to trade image for image. Adam was created in the image of God. Now a new image has been presented to her. Why do you want to be like that guy? Why do you want to look like him? Why do you want to operate under his authority when you can be your own person? And he got her to trade image for image. In the garden of life, there's always going to be two trees. In the garden of your life, there's always going to be two trees. The tree of life, the tree of knowledge. Which one we choose to eat from very much determines whether or not we have success or failure. When I choose to walk down the pathway of knowledge and trying to discover all of the reasons why and trying to find out how to fix my own problems and how to become the source for my own issue. I am taking from that tree of knowledge. I'm eating of it and I'm saying I'm disregarding God. I'm pushing Him to the side. He's no longer my source. I can be my own source. Your forfeiting position. The enemy is a master enticer. He will dangle in front of you whatever your flesh desires. And with that, he'll promise you the objects of your affection. But what really lies on the other side of the boundary is enslavement and bondage. 
The enemy is a crook, and the crook's only currency is confusion and corruption. He trades only with tricks, and he deals only with deception. He is a liar, and he is the father of all lies. Verse 6 goes on to say that she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. I think sin is such that you never want to go alone. You never want to eat alone. If I'm spinning out of control, then i got to take somebody with me. I need an entourage to travel with me on my road to destruction. And I think that the only reason that two were involved is because there was nobody else around. (laughs) But given the opportunity, Adam and Eve would have tag-teamed to bring others down with them. And here's what I say to that for all of us in the place today. If you remain in fellowship, fellowship, deep relationship with sinners, you're going to become one. I'm not saying not be friends. I'm saying fellowship. I'm saying deep relationship. You're going to become one. Because the fact is, sin just doesn't eat alone. It wants a dinner partner. And it's looking for anybody that will go on a date with it. The enemy is trying to bait you into forfeiture of what God has given you, but don't take the bait. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We'd love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 945 for Sunday school and at 1030 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you'd like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We'd love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street in Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river. Till I found myself face down on your shore. Say come to